0: How are you getting on? Good to see you again. Welcome to episode 15 of the Kevin Doherty podcast. My guest today is Jonathan Kiley. Johnny has been a guest on the podcast before, and today we had a great chat about plenty of stuff, including Brazilian jiu-jitsu, the importance of community, the joy of teaching, stoicism social media and surfing. If you enjoy this podcast, I would really appreciate it if you helped spread the word by recommending it to a friend or sharing it on your Instagram stories and tagging me at the Kevin Darty podcast. Thanks for listening. and Kylie, great to see you again, man. How are you getting on? How's
1: things? Thanks for having me back, bro. Uh I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm getting on well. And yourself?
0: Yeah, I'm good, man. Uh I I was just told yesterday that I'm back to work on Monday, so I'm sort of going through all those different stages of trying to get to back to normality in my head, but uh like I've really really enjoyed the vast majority of the lockdown and being able to kind of slow everything down and see what's important and just enjoy my own time if that makes sense but uh at this stage as well I'm kind of looking forward to getting back to normality whatever normality looks like if that makes sense
1: Mm.
0: yeah yeah and was there any big realizations for you
1: over the last six weeks
0: yourself um I suppose for me the big thing that the I suppose I've been off work nearly two months now the big thing for me was that I was able to start concentrating on the things that were in my control within the context of the lockdown. So like a huge positive outlet for me was being able to reconnect with friends through the podcast. Like that was just absolutely massive. And then having the time to do exercise when I wanted to do it, when I felt like doing it with no time constraints. But again, I suppose if I'm looking at the other side of things and it's probably a constant battle for me where I'll set myself very very high expectations of what I want to do with my time and if I don't achieve certain things then my self-worth can kind of drop a little bit but within that time I was also able to notice that and like noticing it and becoming aware of it is just so so important and even when I was looking at right what's what's kind of what are the things that are important to me for the next few months even when I was thinking about that again straight away I wanted to go into the mindset of you have to do all these things but the time in lockdown has just kind of showed me that I don't need to achieve things all the time to have personal self-worth if that makes sense and that's been a huge benefit for me like
1: Man, I I can relate to you as well. Even I found myself during the lockdown here as well, like getting really deep into personal development work as well. And uh, I think it was more, yeah, I was more kind of doing it to understand myself more. But it, it's a it's a fine line between getting trapped and like I have to achieve these things to yeah to have self worth and probably ultimately self self love. You know, mm. I think that's one of the biggest questions, like for for me at the moment as well, as you know how can you know, or can you be happy with just you know being who you are? And like that's something that I've, that I a question that's been on my mind since I started traveling, and that I'm slowly but surely working towards every day. You know, just being happy with who I am. You know, uh, who I am is enough. And it's like the first kind of things I've heard when I started traveling. It was like wow. But um, yeah, it's an interesting process.
0: You know, can I can I ask like since you've left Ireland, has there been any realizations about who is Jani? Like, who am I? Are there any things that come to mind when, because you're you're talking about the, the work that you've put in personally, like, are there any kind of big realizations or even kind of things that you might have known yourself, but they're kind of just a bit more evident now that you're out of your, maybe, comfort zone? Yeah, man. Yeah. Uh... Number one, like,
1: uh, you know, Johnny, Jonathan Kylie, he's just, he's the constant change, man, of life, you know, the flow of life. Like, I don't think I'm ever going to be the same always, you know what I mean? We're always changing, and, like, my personality is probably a lot different than it was a year ago, you know? Um, Things that surprised me, maybe, was just, like, uh, like, just, I get, like, great joy just, meditating and be by myself and journaling. And that's something that maybe I did a small bit before I left, but not that much. Uh, It was more always being around people and like feeding off other people's energy. But since I've traveled, it's, it's uh, yeah. Just like really getting in touch and like, just enjoying like, like, like things I never would have thought of. For example, going on my Vipassana retreat in Thailand and like meditating for 10 Eleven hours a day, and uh, walking meditation, standing meditation, chanting with monks—like these are things that I I could never dream of. And then I'm like, "Whoa, that actually brings me real peace and joy," you know. And it's like, what else can bring me that? You know, um, like I beforehand, I don't know what brought me that. Maybe hanging out with people, being around people. But um, yeah, like to answer your question, there's there's one of them, for example. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. It nearly sounds like your perspective has changed in a slight way where when you were in Ireland there was nearly more of a, a need or a want for external stimulus because because of the way we are and because of the way we're geared where you're looking for everything outside but it seems like even like the few things that you've mentioned there it's become more of a an inward look and an inward journey and Just being comfortable with who who you are now is so important. Before we start the recording there, like you mentioned a couple of things that you've just gotten into again in the last couple of weeks. And it's so Mm -hmm. good to hear that normality is returning, where you're actually able to meet up with people, play football and do Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Could you talk a little bit about that? Yeah,
1: so how long have we been back? We've been back maybe a couple of weeks now. The school started again and back teaching a couple of days a week. I uh, absolutely love it. And yeah, just the last week or two, I've just really been trying to, um, because we have this time and now I actually have options, just discovering what I'm really enjoying doing, what's important to me and what I feel pulled towards, you know, what in, inside my heart and, and using my intuition. And um, yeah, man, I've come back to uh, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. So I started it last, I started, I touched on it last, christmas in ireland and i had i was like wow this is cool because most of my life just kind of you know experience with uh lifting in the gym getting stronger and maybe like hurling football soccer um and yeah this brazilian jiu-jitsu is really good because for me it's like i'm going there and i'm absolutely i'm at the bottom you know what i mean and there's smaller people and people the same size and bigger and they're killing me at it like they're absolutely killing me and I have no idea and it's like you know there's they're talking about the words of jujitsu this type of tackle or this type of takedown and I have no idea what they're saying and I'm just looking and I'm trying to you know do my best to like uh see what's going on and then and then do it myself. And for some reason I just really like that. Like because it's like you know you get comfortable in life and you're like oh everything's working fine. I'm on top of things then after a while, like, it's boring too, like, you know what I mean? It's like, I want to, like, push myself or, like, or just throw myself into something completely new and see what comes out of it. And, uh, yeah, Jiu-Jitsu is one uh, beautiful way
0: to do that. It's really really important that you've kind of, you've hit the nail on the head there, essentially, with, it's so important to be able to embrace a beginner's mindset, even in your adult life, because the two things that you mentioned before, lifting something that you would have been very very comfortable with and it would have been very very easy for you to progress just with that through your life because it's like I'm Janton Kylie I'm good in the gym this is what kind of can bring me high self-worth if I keep just pushing it in that direction and the same with sports sports that you played that you're very comfortable with when you're younger like football and hurling but and like I I tried jiu-jitsu properly there at the start of this year before the lockdown And that was the thing that I was just blown away with when you go in, where you're so out of your comfort zone, at the start especially, because it's nearly like you're trying to learn a whole new language with your body. But the thing that I I loved about it was nearly the camaraderie with everybody in the class. And it's nearly like at all levels, everybody's really, really appreciative for their training partners and everybody's really, really open to learning. Like, like you depend on your partner as much as your partner depends on you. And if, if one of you doesn't have the right mindset, that's when injuries can happen and that's when people can get hurt with their ego. Like, I don't know if it says it in your gym, but, uh, it's, it seems to be like a really, really common thing to see something like leave your ego at the door when you go into any of those types of gyms, because when you walk in, whoever you are on the street, like, whatever you are professionally, whatever you are with your relationships, as soon as you hit the mat, all of those things are kind of unimportant. And a gym nearly operates like a meritocracy where it's like, if you put in the work, people will respect you. And it's it's a fantastic thing to do. The whole
1: jujitsu thing, it's a form of trust, you know, it's a form of like, you don't know these people and... They don't know you and like you just walk in there, meet them, and yeah, you could break your elbow, you could break your leg, you know. But you have to trust the process. And um, I I guess I really like that, you know. I get a lot out of that, just meeting new people and forming deep connections within, you know, a couple of classes, you know what I mean? And again, we're not speaking that much, it's all through like kind of physical, you know what I mean? It's uh it's really interesting.
0: Isn't it strange as well how I don't know if it like it was the same for you, but like like let's say for me, um like I haven't been involved in a lot of fights in life. So I wouldn't be somebody who thinks I could necessarily handle myself in a fight. But I think a lot of people day to day, they might think, yeah, if I got into a physical altercation, I could handle myself in some way, shape, or form. But when you see what somebody with even a year's experience in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu can do to somebody that's a novice. Like, it's nearly like the feeling of, uh, Sam Harris described it brilliantly once as, uh, it's nearly like the joy of drowning, where once you're on the ground with somebody that's actually experienced, it's like you know how to swim, you know how to try and get back up, but there's this force keeping you down that's so impossible to nearly navigate unless you know the moves, unless you know the language. And it's nearly a shock to the system the first couple of times you do it where you're like, I am fucking helpless if somebody takes me to the ground. Like, there's nothing I can do. If I can't run away, what the fuck is going to happen next like?
1: And, and that's it because, so it's, it's a Vietnamese gym, so a lot of the guys would be smaller, you know? And uh, I I would be a lot stronger, but again, they just, it's another thing that's what I'm realizing, it's all about using leverage, you know? And being like really, really like, um, wise in your moves and uh, not like being impulsive, like oh, let's just do this, this, this. It's like you know, waiting for the right time and then pulling the trigger at the right time. And it's like for me, that that relates so much to life as well, you know what I mean? Like not swimming against the current, like flow, always trying to flow with the current, you know what I mean? Mm. Um, and that's that's I think that's another one of the things that's just come up in the last few weeks, just trying to know like what way to use your body when to use it and then i think also because i'm putting myself under such uh stress you know all these feelings come up of like you know like embarrassment like uh, you're just like oh man like I, i there's no way i'm gonna get this but then it's like oh listen look here's here's some work i still need to do on myself you know what i mean obviously um i'm not uh i'm not fully okay with myself with the you know with this emotion of looking silly and then for me, that also relates to in other areas of my life. Like, you know, when I'm going speaking in front of a class or if I'm going in, speaking, doing a coaching talk like that, it's okay to look silly. I'm used to these feelings and uh, I'm okay with it because, you know, when I look silly, that's when I make a mistake. And when I make a mistake, that's when I learn. And when I learn, you know, that's when I become better. So.
0: Jiu-Jitsu is one of those weird things as well where as soon as I saw people's ability and different th- variations of ability on the mat it nearly gives you a whole new lens of how to view people in the outside world because again it's kind of like if you're a certain weight and a certain height and you're walking down the street and you see somebody who's a foot smaller than you and 50 pounds smaller than you you assume oh if something happened I'd be able to do something here to this smaller person but jiu-jitsu just shockingly illuminates how a smaller man could easily manipulate a bigger man that doesn't know what to do on the mat. Like, it it just, it gives you a whole new respect for what people could potentially do versus what you thought in your head.
1: And even what you said there, Kev, how important is that today? Like, I'm, I'm finding myself, like, you know, catching yourself making assumptions or making judgments about who somebody is who you've never met in your life, you know? or even your best friends like uh, assuming how they're thinking about you you know and then you hang around with your best friend but you're not hanging around with your best friend because you're thinking about oh they they think of me in this way so you're talking to the story of what you think your best friend is you know what i mean and it's like how many times do we do that in our life man and i think again that's another thing that like this new this new um You know, personal development thing that I'm doing with this jujitsu is is teaching me that it's like no expectations. You know what I mean? Just go with life and uh, handle it in the moment, because that's all we can do. No matter what happens in our life, like this Corona came out of nowhere. Like you, we can't do anything. You know what I mean? You just gotta handle it each day at a time, every day at a time. Be aware of of your environment, who you're around with. You know, make sure you're in a good environment. Make sure you're looking after yourself so that you can look after was important to you you know what I mean
0: like it all feeds into each other it's it's such an important point that you mentioned there as well about and like there's such a difference between simple and easy like what you said is such a a simple point to be able to nearly meet somebody as they are right now and treat it with essentially a a fresh slate because if you have five years of animosity with somebody and you meet them again in six months' time, you're meeting those five years that you have built up in your head. You don't know what this person has done in the last six months, what they've been through, what they've learned, and even if they were going to nearly come to the conversation with that mentality of a fresh slate, unless both people are trying to essentially meet on neutral terms, that's where the altercation comes because both sides are are either both guilty of it or both innocent of it. It's it's a it's a strange thing and it it's it's simple, but there's such a gap between simplicity and is it easy or difficult.
1: And when you when we think about other people, um, you know, having the same story as us and that they haven't changed, for example, so we're like, oh, they haven't changed a bit. They still see me like this. Within in one way that like. I, I know and I accept that I have changed and I give myself credit for the change. But then to actually think that they have not changed is like, it's a bit silly. Like, you know, when you think about it, like that it's we don't- It's nearly
0: an egotistical thing as well, isn't it? It's like- yes. It's like yes. I've done all this work and you just assume because like certain work you can see physically. Like if somebody's changed their yes. body composition, it's one of the few things that you can see physically, but nobody- nobody can see the intangible mental work or emotional work that somebody's done and that's the,
1: yeah and that's what like especially with you know you know yourself as well the whole life coaching thing like you can again a lot of it comes down to it's stuff that you're doing every day your habits every day that people don't see like and then maybe in six months they notice oh you've oh you've changed or you know you've are you doing something new or whatever and it's like what have you done and it's very hard to say oh you know it's hard very hard to sum it up in a sentence or two because it's all like these small little practices you put in place for like over 6 months you know and it's uh, you can it's even hard to describe yourself because you don't really notice the change it's like if you talk to your old best friend they could tell you
0: they could explain how much you've changed better than you could yourself yeah yeah you know what i mean it's it's weird and um, another thing that you said you've kind of just gotten back into is just playing football is that five a side is it 11 a side like what's it what's it like over there
1: Oh dude it's uh so we were playing five a side and um we we've uh moved to a bigger pitch now and it's like seven a side and we're but we're playing like on a big pitch so it's like just a bit smaller like maybe than obviously a full size pitch but it's it's much bigger and it's so crazy to see uh how much I love that more and when when I was younger right when I was a, a younger kid maybe 10 11 I would always be able to play football, like, in training, not a bother. Um, When it came into, like, the big pitch, you know, uh, I would always, like, just, like, think too much. The ball would come and I'd panic. There's too much happening, too much options, too much going on in life. And now when I'm playing, it's like I'm so much more relaxed. I'm so much more, you know, like with ease, like we're carrying the ball or we're trying something new. And like what I'm really figuring out is, man, like how much of sports and how much of things that we do in our life come down to our mindset, you know, what's going on in our mind. So like when I would have got the ball when I was 10 or 11, it's like, oh, don't make a mistake. Don't fuck it up. You know, that was probably the first two thoughts that kept coming into my mind. And when that's coming into my mind, like it's very hard to play and get out of my mind and into my body. And now it's just like, I'm coming or I'm waiting for the ball to come to me and then I just get it. And I'm just like, I'm having fun, man. This is beautiful. And it's like, I'm doing what I wanted to do when I was younger, you know, but it's like, yeah, it's it's some, it's like, it's like a therapeutic process, man. I come back like every night feeling like great. And the next day feeling great and just mentally, physically, everything. Obviously I'm a bit more beat up now because I'm a bit older, but, um, ah, man, it's, it's beautiful just to, I, I think I've, just to touch on it as well, that's one of the things that came from Corona. It was like, what do I love? You know, what do, what really makes me happy? What do I love doing? And, uh, things like that, like football and being active, man, how grateful to be, I am to be able to use my body every day and how beneficial it is to me. And then, all right, how can I apply that? So now,
0: how can I apply that now? You know, what I found as well, like when I was playing football and it is something that I'm really looking forward to hopefully getting back into before the end of the year, The difference in mentality between something like 5-a-side and 11-a-side is huge in your mind because when you're playing 5-a-side, especially with a group that you're comfortable with, you kind of know how that group works, how these people react. If you lose the ball, you know the teammates that are going to give out to you or help you out. So there's kind of more of a a comfort zone when you're playing 5-a-side regularly with a good crew because your you the, the mentality is different because if you lose the ball in your mind you're like sure i'm going to get it in the next 10 or 15 seconds anyway and you kind of forgive yourself a little bit more but w- if you shift to 11 a site, and it's something that i did when i moved to dublin i fully mm. understand that mentality where in your mind you build up your your time on the ball so so much more because you're like right I might touch the ball eight or ten times in this half. And if I lose the ball once, you feel so much more pressure on yourself. And it's that idea of if you're focusing on the thing that you don't want to do, that thing is inevitably going to happen. Whereas if you're playing something like five a side or seven a side and you're more comfortable with that type of play and your mentality is more forgiving, you're in the moment. You're just reacting to what's happening and enjoying it, hopefully most of the time. And it's something as well where you can nearly apply that to jujitsu in a sense as well, where you're just enjoying the training as you're doing it. You're rolling and you're in the moment. There's like five aside or Brazilian jujitsu. It's like it requires such an amount of attention and focus that you're fully in the moment for those sixty minutes. Like it's it's just an incredible feeling because when you come out of it the relaxation and just the, the joy you can get from a game of five aside the night before that went well. It's, it's so fulfilling. Like, and I think there's something that's completely undervalued. And I hope that it's kind of people have kind of just, I hope people have tried to think about it in the context of Corona that most people have been isolated from groups and from people for the last three months but things like martial arts training, things like five a side, that camaraderie and closeness with the group is just so, so important. And you feel much more fulfilled and more human once you engage in those things. And it's, it's probably sometimes where, especially something like jujitsu, where people might be a little bit apprehensive of starting because they're like, this is such a, a leap too far for me in my mind. But if you can get over that initial discomfort of joining the group and trying to assimilate to this new way of life, that's where the humanity is. That's where the, the connection with others is. I think it's really interesting as well, man, that uh, since you've went over to Vietnam, like you've started teaching, haven't you?
1: Man, teaching. So the story of how I got into teaching is crazy. I was So I was in Vietnam for about a month and a half I was in this place, Hoi An, and I was working at a kind of homestay, and I was, like, doing a bit of health and wellness stuff there, a bit of meditation, a bit of yoga with people and stuff like that, and another really good friend over there. And I was just, like, after about two months, I was, like, I've been doing the same thing over and over again, you know, and it's, I was, like, I need a change or something like that. And at the time, anyway, I had, like, uh, I was texting this person and we agreed that they were in Da Nang. We agreed to meet on a date. So I was like, you know what? I was like, I should just go for it. Like, you know, and see what happens. I was like, I've been doing the same thing every week. And something inside me, I, I believe, like, it was just my intuition was like, you know, go to Da Nang. It's 30 minutes away. You've never been there. And who knows what could happen? So then I was like, oh, you know, I'll, I'll think about it. I'll think about it. And uh, I, I leave my bedroom and... So I'm working in the homestead and in, I sit down in the morning, I serve these, there was these guys, uh, German lads, and they were, uh, I was giving them breakfast, some Banh Vietnamese Banh mi's, and uh, they were like, oh, you know, we're going to Da Nang for the weekend, uh, should be fun. And I was like, oh, fuck it, this, this is it, man, I, I'm supposed to be going. I said, like, here, boys, I'm going to Da Nang as well, there's like a... Uh, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll travel with G and we can we can journey around. I was like, I'm also going on a date. So um, I was like, I hope you don't mind. They're like, yeah, brother, come, 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 whatever. So ended up going to the Nang. Uh, went on the date, really good time. Hung out with the lads. Uh, I remember, man, just arriving into the Nang on my bike. And first thing I seen was the sea. And then I seen uh, this outdoor workout station with loads of people working out. And like, so straight away I arrive in and I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. And next minute then I keep driving in and I see surfboards. I'm like, what the hell is it? Like, this place is crazy, man. <laughs> and I'm like, how have I never been here? It's 30 minutes away from where I was living. And um, so ended up hanging out that weekend there and having a really good time. Then, then I remember seeing this, like there's these big mountains there, like this big nature area. And I was like, dude, I've been seriously missing out. So I we go up there, we drive up the mountain, me and my friends uh, tour all around there, like just spectacular scenery, nature, just absolutely amazing. And the next day, I think I remember waking up, uh, walking outside the hostel and seeing one, one of these guys that I just had made friends with, like, um, was chatting to some Vietnamese lady. And I went over and I was just like, hey, how good morning. Hello, how are you? And next minute, the lady was just like, "Yeah, you know, we're looking for teachers uh, in 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 our school." And I was like, "Wow!" I was like, "You know, I have I have uh, qualifications in uh, in teaching that I can use." I was like, "Yeah, hey, you know what?" I was like, "I'm a teacher." <laughs> I was like, "I could teach." And she was like, "Really?" And I was like, "Yeah." Just again, that little voice, the same voice that said you should go on this state and you should go to the nine, just just came up, and I said you know what? I I should listen to this voice. So then I say, yeah, I'll go. And she's like, okay, would you like to do an interview? And I was like, yeah, why not? And she was like, okay, see you Monday. And then bye-bye, whatever. And then I was like, what the hell am I just after doing? Like I was like, what am I after doing here at all? And uh, so next minute, your one is, uh, sorry, the teacher was like, okay, can you meet a Monday? I was like, yeah, grand. So I said yes first. And then I was like, what am I after getting myself into? I have an interview. I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know how to prepare. I said, what about my CV? All these things. And like, I've been traveling for, I don't know, maybe three or four months at that stage. Like, so I hadn't been thinking about any of these sort of things, you know, it was just free flowing. And um, I was like, you know what? This was meant to happen. Let's let's organize the CV. Let's prepare for this interview. Let's go and buy a nice pants and shirt and and, and <laughs> let's go for this, you know. And I was like, this, this, I just had some voice and this is going to help you in the future, you know. And um, again, it's kind of like what we talked about earlier with the BJJ. It's the same, the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, the same voice of just like, you know, just go and, and try something new and see, see how it goes, you know. So I prepared for the interview, went in on the Monday, gave uh, arrives at this place, what I thought was going to be a little school, happens to be this massive university, like huge university, like, um, I don't know, maybe LIT in, in, in Limerick or something like that and i was like wow this is this is massive like what am i doing here again i was like just keep going buddy keep going so i go in go upstairs it's it's uh, roasting outside and i do the the demo lesson uh, from the like four teachers and the heads of the department of the university and yeah they were they were like you know they were impressed they're like well done and uh, they said yeah you got the job so i was just like okay so then it just turned out that okay now I'm going to be traveling to Danang every day. So then it was like all right, I might what, might as well move there. So I end up uh, moving there, and it's been it's been a year since now, and like everything, all the people I've met here, everything that's happened, like was all because of that you know decision to listen to my intuition. So um, yeah, it's crazy. Come back into the teaching, Uh, again, this is, you know, the very first day, teaching in front of these students, being so nervous, sweating, not knowing what's going on, Um, what will I say, whatever, and then I just went in, like, did the lesson, and dude, it was just like, I stopped thinking, and I just started flowing, like, so it's like, I'm not teaching anymore, it's just flowing through me, whatever's coming out is flowing through me, I'm not even sure what I was saying. (laughs) but it's resonating with the people in front of me and they're learning and they're enjoying and they're smiling and they're having a good time. And this was really, really felt good. I was like, wow, like, you know, and then I, it just reminded me so much of myself when I was in college, like just, you know, um, wanting to, to learn and wanting to do stuff, but just not feeling that confident or having that block in my head, like of how I can, uh, how I can go about this. And, and for me, it was like, and teaching them English but it's deeper than that I'm teaching them you know how to be confident and I'm sharing my story with them you know that I wasn't always confident Uh, you know 10-15 years ago I never would have got up in some in front of somebody and spoke like that I would have been way too shy way too embarrassed and uh, now I'm there I don't know six seven months maybe and actually longer and, uh, man, I look forward to it every day. I look forward to standing up there for two and a half hours and helping those kids, and it's very rewarding. It's very rewarding.
0: I think uh, it, it does seem to be nearly a, a constant theme in what we've talked about so far. The idea of, like, your comfort zone is a place where it's really, really nice to be, but whatever grows there, it's, it's, it's so important just to try and always keep pushing that boundary. And... You mentioned a couple of points there in that story where you could have ruminated on that gut instinct feeling to do it. And like so many times in our lives, it's it's indecision is the thief of opportunity. We we think and we think and we overanalyze and we, we think, oh, well, if I do this, then maybe I'll fail at this. So maybe I should just stay where I am and keep going along this safe, safe road and it it can be something where we can overanalyze and we're we're paralyzed by our overanalytical mind i think it's really really important as well that for certain things in life like let's say teaching teaching is a big one because people need credentials to teach in a sense but it, it's really weird that if there's something that we want to do sometimes we'll nearly limit ourselves in the fact where I want to teach people. I want to try and share information and knowledge and understanding in something that I have real, genuine experience. But fuck it, no. I need a piece of paper that validates me and says that I am good enough to do this thing. And it's something that we can get caught in this trap where it's like, I want to pursue a certain profession, I want to pursue a certain journey in life. But we trick we trick ourselves in a sense where oh no no i ought to do this first i have to spend a year getting two pieces of paper that tell me i'm good enough and show the world i'm good enough whereas it's the same with college it's like you study something in college and then you go into the working world and you realize that okay the vast majority of what i've done for the last four years is so irrelevant to what life is actually about in terms of emotional intelligence relationships and communicating openly with people. It's 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 really, really fascinating that like you've went down that road and I think it's class. Like fair play, man.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Thank thank you very much. And
1: I think you brought up a really good point there. And it's probably a lesson, you know, that I through reflection I've looked at and it's like like you said, man, you can you know, even when I started the coaching, like you can keep learning about coaching, keep doing the next course, the next course, the next course, keep the training, training, training. But until you actually do something like that's when the real learning comes, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I could say that I wasn't ready for the teaching at the start, but like now I am the teacher. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, also, I'll never be a teacher. I'll always be a student in my life. That's that's the way I always try and look at life so I can relate to everyone and that I'm not above anyone. That we're all the same. Um, but yeah, man. And, and also when you talked about, you know, you can stay in your comfort zone and... You can live in that life but at the end of the comfort zone is what it's it's regret you know what i mean and i i definitely don't want to stay in uh, an area of my life where i just regret the things that i didn't do and then in the other area is like you do too much and you get you know you you overwhelm yourself or maybe you even put yourself into like a really bad state well i think yeah what you talked about there is we got to look for that that way That zone in between, you know, where we're not like absolutely killing ourselves, but we're just taking small steps every day to like go towards, you know, who we really are inside, you know, who, what we really feel pulled towards in this life. And again, it's, it's, it used to be all about getting papers and degrees and and that kind of stuff. But I think now you can see like online, it really doesn't matter that much anymore. And if somebody is really passionate about something and uh, really just, Tries to help other people in
0: that area, they can really make a living from it and they can really be fulfilled. Enthusiasm is such an undervalued thing in society where it's like, oh no, you have to have these credentials to do it. But like enthusiasm and actually the want and hunger to pursue something is so, so valuable when you're trying to do anything new. And like, if we kind of boil it down, like, what what we're trying to do in life like most people are just trying to be happy and a lot of people fall into the the trick of the mind that to be happy i need to fulfill myself i need to get things i need to bring all of this stuff into my life that's that's excess like even material things we chase that dopamine rush of getting the new car getting the new job getting the big promotion whereas once you do something like teaching where you're providing a service to others you really really realize that like the key to happiness is helping others and making other people feel satisfied in their life um like Muhammad Ali has one of my favorite quotes of all time it's the idea of uh service to others is the rent you pay here on earth
1: Dude that's crazy. I literally just heard that uh I just heard that quote in another I re- I read it today like that's, no way. that's that's amazing. Yeah, yeah, talk about synchronicities, man. <laughs> that is insane. That's insane. But and... the man that's so true. He's one of the he's one of the most inspiring people I've ever ever seen on this planet and uh just because like he was, you know, a go-getter, he was fearless, he was uh, he was um, charismatic, he was charming but then, you know, you, you've seen the other side to him where he was just he was he was a peacemaker you know, he was himself, he was not afraid to be who he was, he was not afraid to stand up and um, you know, towards the end of his life he really really tried to just create peace in the world and, and be that light for other people and I think like that's one of the people I really admire in, in this world, he's, he's definitely one of the, the all time greats
0: Man, I am obsessed with Muhammad Ali like uh, as as a singular person in this world I think he might be the most fascinating person I've ever seen like uh, in the last week or so I've watched two documentaries Um, I think I had seen both of them before but both of them are amazing When We Were Kings uh, is one of them so When We Were Kings is a documentary about the breakdown of the rumble in the jungle against George Foreman and Zaire. And it shows how Ali was such an underdog going into that and what he was able to do to overcome the destroyer that was Foreman. But there's another really, really fascinating documentary. I think um, HBO made it. It's called uh, What's My Name? And it traces his full career journey, but also the things that he did outside of the sport. Like, what I love about Ali is he was heavyweight champion of the world had gotten to a position where he didn't necessarily have to put his neck on the line to raise others but as soon as he saw and it's really really pointed that you're fucking in vietnam right now but when he saw that america was drafting people to fight in an unjust war in a foreign land the people just weren't there was no want from the general public to pursue this war he put his whole position on the line and as a result was banned from boxing for his his peak years like he didn't box for 3 years and then he came back and eventually was able to win the world title again two more times like he's he's a spectacular example of what what a human is capable of and it like it, it's kind of a with any boxer that, that goes on a little bit too far, there's always this way of looking at them at the end of their life, where, like, for for the last two decades of Ali's life, it, it was sad to see his slow decline physically, but he was still incredibly sharp mentally. And on the face of it, it is really, really sad to see such a larger-than-life character trapped in a body that won't, meet his demands anymore but we only all get one crack at this life as far as we know and he was able to do so much throughout his life that if you were to compare to a regular person's life he lived a hundred lives within one life like he's 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 such a character that I just look at and just think like fuck me like what a guy like and like the word icon is thrown around way too much but he really is iconic he's he is an icon and he transcended sport in, in so many ways i think that i love even that just touching on like exercises that people can
1: do and stuff like that but i love that you know thinking of like three people who you really think you know like chain like who, who you really admire and and possibly change the world you know or had a big impact in the world and then like looking back you know why do i admire that person you know whether what are the traits, what are the characteristics, what are the values that they had and uh, and just and learning from them, you know. Uh, and an- another guy who at the moment who is really surprising, it's, it's recent since I've been traveling, he's um, an organization that I volunteer with and, and, uh, and learning from, it's called the Art of Living and his name is like Sri Sri uh, Ravi Shankar and he's like this uh, kind of like, yeah, Indian guru basically but again, he's he he just represents like just peace. He's just a humanitarian. And he what, what I like about him is so obviously a lot of people identify with religions and a lot of people don't like any sort of religion now. But what he um, kind of believes in is that, you know, the, the foundation, like if you if you think of a banana, basically, and you think of the the root of the banana, or the bottom of the banana, like that, the foundation is all the same in all religions. You know, we all, we all are the same source. You know what I mean? We all come from the same thing, but then the religions then try to like bring an identity to that and bring you into, Oh, this is the way you should be, or that's the way you should be. And that's what causes conflict in the world. You know what I mean? Um, But again, he's one of those people who I just really admire. Just again, like just talking about the truth of life and, how we can really connect to ourselves, and that when we connect to ourselves, we can be at peace with ourselves. And if we're if we're at peace internally, you know, then there's not really going to be much uh, violence externally from us. You know what I mean? And I really, I really think that's true, and I really believe in that. Um, I think before before I travel, it was like, oh, I want to change the world, and I want to change this, and I want to change that. And now I'm really starting to understand that it's like hey, buddy, the only person you can really change is change yourself, you know, and how I do that is is, is is by going inwards as well as taking action steps outwards, but also by going inwards and seeing what turmoil is inside me and surrendering to it, facing it, you know, feeling that pain and uh, sharing my vulnerabilities with others and the stories with others so that they can, if they like, they can do something similar or find their own way to, to heal themselves as well, you know.
0: I've never heard of... Uh... The art of living. Could you tell me a little bit more about it?
1: Yeah, man. So basically, they're like an organization, NGO organization that are in over like 150 countries around the world. And <clears throat> what they basically uh, introduced, they had the first program I ever did was called this happiness program. So I was like, oh, that's, that's right down my alley. I was like, I need to try this. So um, it's like a three day course for three hours uh, over a three day period. And uh, they just teach you some really valuable uh, truths about life, really, you know, the actual truth of life. And it's very like one of the concepts is, you know, we always define like, oh, I'm going to be happy when I get this many clients. I'll be happy when I get the new car. I'll be happy when I get the promotion, when I get the girlfriend. when I get whatever, you know. Mm -hmm. But what they help us to remember is it's not it's not about I'll be happy when it's like I'm happy now. I would be happy now, and grateful now, and then then go from that place. So, again, it comes back to, like, if you can accept who you are, you're fine the way you are, you're perfect the way you are, and, yes, you might want to make some changes, but accept fully who you are first. That's the best place to come from when you're going to try and make a change or an intention in your life.
0: And it's nearly – it's a trick of the mind that, like, I've fallen into, and I think so many people fall into, where – we will focus so far ahead on some sort of an obscure goal like like a really a really good one or at least maybe a really relatable one would be um this year i was going to my my goal was i'm going to run a marathon by the end of august in ireland that was the goal and if you think about what that goal looks like i've literally limited myself to that one second where i cross the line okay so that would be me completing the marathon and so to feel that nearly success and happiness and fulfillment i've limited it to one point in time because after you've finished it like you might be happy for the rest of the day but if that's what you thought was going to bring you happiness or peace or that bit of satisfaction it's actually you have to kind of break it down to the process or who you become as you're working towards that point in the distance. Like the whole, the whole point for me, if I was going to reframe it is not that I finished the marathon. It's that I made changes to become a runner when I wasn't one, if that makes sense.
1: 100%, man. And I, just, even what you talk about there, it's just about, you know, like, you can set your goals and intentions and just not being really attached to the goals and intentions. Like, really, it's just the the enjoyment out of playing the game of life and, and seeing, like, who you became or what you had to, to do, you know, in order to get there, like, you know what I mean? Or, or if you didn't get there, why? And just be fascinated by everything. And and I think if we, if we treat it as a game, you know, and be really true to who we are and to our, our hearts and stuff, we can you know, we can um, really fulfill ourselves and and then, you know, help others from a good place, you know, and be positive around other people. And a lot of people, when we don't have, you know, we don't have goals or intentions and things like that. And I think it is important to have some intentions or to live your life with some sort of, you know, integrity, because if you don't have it, like, I think that's when you kind of get hopeless and, you know, you turn to things that you wouldn't normally do or you look for distractions, like whether it's, you know, going out, drinking every opportunity you can during the week or always trying to hang out with other people and stuff because you're just not happy with yourself. You know what I mean? So, yeah, dude, 100%, I
0: agree with you. I think it's really crucial as well. Like, again, like people always talk about like, what do you want in the long term? And yeah, maybe you can have things that you want to work towards, but... If I picked a point in 10 years and I said, I want all of these things in a decade. If I get three years down the line and those things no longer interest me in any way, shape or form, you should be able to acknowledge that at the time and think what I thought I wanted has shifted. And then you can course correct and see what the next best opportunity is for you. Because like, like if I look at myself now, The things that I'm interested in and fascinated in right now, 10 years ago, I was a completely different person. Five years ago, I was a completely different person. And I'd hope in five years time, the things that I'm obsessed with right now are just things that I used to be obsessed with because variety is the spice of life. Like I love when I meet somebody after six months and I'm like, oh, what have you been up to, man? And they can spout off two or three new things that they're deeply interested in as opposed to us trying to, regurgitate a conversation where neither of us are interested in the topic that we shared when we were teenagers but we're nearly just going through the motions because we think that's what the other person wants to hear and I can't meet them as I am right now if that makes sense
1: mm-hmm. yeah yeah I get you man <clears throat> excuse me Um. well yeah so what, what, what you're saying there is that yeah like if you plan goals for five years, 10 years ahead. Maybe sometimes that's a silly idea because we're changing all the time. Like I'm changing who I was last week is different from who I am this week. You know what I mean? And uh, you're up and you're down and different things happen that we can control. So it's like, um, maybe sometimes, yeah, that we don't plan too far ahead in the future. And that, yeah, I think what you're hitting at there as well is like that we don't become attached to like having to be the certain type of person. You know what I mean? or having to achieve this certain type of goal because I said I would. And to be compassionate with ourselves because it's important to remember that our our circumstances will always change, our opinions will always change, you know?
0: And if you are so single-mindedly focused at this point in the distance, you won't be able to see this sparkling, shiny opportunity in your periphery that could be the way that you're actually supposed to, to move. And like, Again, if you're going to look a decade down the line, how do you get there? It's daily habits. It's what what you do every day. Um, can I ask, are you still reading The Daily Stoic?
1: I do, man. I read that Daily Stoic, yes. And I share it. It's, it's, it's a wonderful book, man. It's just absolute... Like, when, you, when you're reading it, you just know, like, you're reading something really special. And I, I'm always really peaceful when I read it because I'm like, whoa, yeah, that's true. <laughs> you know, it's just like reading...
0: Yeah, it's so strange how many times you'll you'll pick up the book read it on the day and you'll be like "Fuck it! why does that make so much sense to me today like what what is it about today that i needed to read this passage
1: dude it's timeless wisdom like you you got that book for me and for our other friend knowledge and um i was only chatting with him recently and he said uh we were talking about something and just one day he opened that book and like it was just on the page he opened he couldn't get over because he was just seeing signs everywhere you know and i was like you know what is that like you know that this it's like messages are being sent and you can choose to ignore them your whole life and and just keep going the way you're going and complain and do whatever else you can listen to them and, and become fascinated and and go in that direction
0: you know i've like as a philosophy i i love the practicality of stoicism where like Essentially, the three tenets are uh, control your perceptions because that's the biggest thing that you do have control of. Willingly accept what is outside of your control and don't just think, act, do. Like, do something to change your circumstances if they need to be changed. Like, I I just, I really like the the practicality of it and how, like, day-to-day life, things will come at you from... Out of left field, and they might surprise you. Like we don't know what's going to come day to day. Like who knows what's going to happen next month? And fucking, at the end of the day, twenty twenty has been bonkers so far. So we're only halfway through this beast. Um, we can't necessarily uh, affect the things that are coming towards us, but we have the power to act once we come across them. It's nearly the idea of crossing that bridge when you come to it rather than fretting about what type of fucking bridge is coming up over the distance.
1: It's a very, you know what I find, it's actually a very grounding practice to have in your daily routine, like in your morning routine, to wake up and feed the mind with something very like this timeless wisdom, you know, that you can feed your mind with that before you begin your day, before any text message or any nonsense comes into your life, (laughs) that you can read that and kind of like, understand you know the the truths of life man and even a lot of the buddhism is is very true to to the stoicism as well like so you know all these people were in different areas and different time zones during life but they all came to these universal truths and to read them every day is is uh, one of the best ways that you can um, keep true to yourself and not lose the shit over something that's absolutely out of your control
0: it's something that i've probably mentioned on the podcast before but it like it's been a thought that's probably been in my mind over the last year or two it's the idea that like as humans we nearly put so much focus and care and attention on physically what we're taking into our body because we can tangibly see what those inputs will do to our outputs or our our ambitions for ourselves but we put such a little amount of stock or value on what we leave into our mind and I heard something very, very recently. I can't remember exactly where I heard it, but, uh, you know, it's something like social media or when you're looking at a certain perspective from uh, a news station. Like, as as a person who wants to be physically healthy, you would never expose yourself to a huge amount of processed food, but all of the time, mentally, we're Eating and consuming all of this processed information and it skews the way you see the world. Whereas, if you can nearly take a step back and think about what's going on and try to rationalize it in your own mind, you'll be able to come to your own unique perspective on things rather than following the standard narrative. Because if you turn on social media, if you look at YouTube, everything is geared through an algorithm so the things that you like become the things that you will focus on more and you will get this tunnel vision echo chamber perspective on things
1: and the problem then with that of course is that when you know all this social media all these algorithms are feeding into the way you think how life should be and then something happens outside of the way you think should be and this causes you severe stress and severe panic because it's like Oh, that's not the way things should be, you know, and then you're confused and stuff. Like so it's 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 absolutely ridiculous. And again, that's why you're coming down to you know, doing random things, putting yourself out, like doing something that isn't normal for you, trying a new class, martial arts, whatever it is, just just changing what's going on. Because you're you're man, you're so right. Like, look at all the best advertisement companies in the world. Like, you know, how much do they spend yearly on putting all these uh, you know points of sale to like distract you and to to like get into your head you know and give you these messages and again like man i really like with my social media obviously i have to you know i do post and i enjoy posting and sharing knowledge and then exercises that help people discover themselves and to to live a life that's you know that's uh important to them but i'm telling you like if i flick through the scroll like i i I honestly i don't do that much because it's i don't even know what's happening because it's happened so fast no one knows but i one thing i do know is that after doing it for five or ten minutes the way i feel in my body is just this feeling of like overwhelmness this feeling of like i don't know what's you know there's just too much information going in and then when you think about it like how many people are actually sitting down at the end of the day and journaling or like meditating and allowing all this crazy information to come up and let it go and draining like draining the the crap that's been put into your head like we've we've no control about it i I actually put up a post about it about asking yourself questions at the end of of your day you know to to like you know what did i achieve today what am i grateful today what am i proud of today what uh, what are my top five accomplishments you know to ask yourself these things because What's happening instead is you're looking outside in social media and you're looking outside, you're walking outside, you're seeing advertisements everywhere. And instead of asking yourself why you're happy, you're trying to look externally to reasons why you should be happy. You know what I mean? And it's, it's, it's
0: poison, man. And as well, it's, it's an idea that we hit on earlier where if you meet somebody face to face, it's an amazing thing if you can meet them as they are without judgment, but... When you're on social media and you look at somebody's post and you don't agree with it or you you know what they're like in real life and you see this maybe gap in how they're portraying their ideal self, judgment is all you feel. And it's such a fucked up thing because everybody's playing this weird game in a sense with social media where we're trying to show our 1% of living our best lives and all this jazz but... judgment that you feel for people that you might care about in day-to-day life it skews the relationship and it can if you let it impact the relationship when you meet them again because you're not you're never meeting and meeting them as you are or as they are if you're keeping all this in mind if that makes sense
1: oh dude 100 and i man i can relate to this so much because obviously even speaking for myself with my own page I, like, my whole, um, you know, intentions is to bring people happiness and self-realization, things like that. And it has been said to me by close friends sometimes that, you know, dude, have you ever, you know, like, it, it doesn't come across sometimes that you do struggle with pain and that you do go through some stuff. So I was like, I was so grateful that I got that feedback because I was like, I do struggle with pain. I, I struggle with things. And what I tried recently is, you know, that when I'm struggling to maybe share the struggle online, even though, again, it's, you know... It, Just like you can be private and all these things, but I like to be vulnerable. I think vulnerable is the key to healing, and vulnerable really helps other people to be vulnerable as well. So, um, yeah, like going and sharing some stuff that aren't so good is really important too, because it's like, yeah, you don't want to just scroll on something on your feed and everything is absolutely perfect all the time, because then it kind of like what's the sub message that that's sending your to your subconscious mind? It's like, oh, I need to be perfect all the time, you know, Mm -hmm. and if I'm not, then I'm I'm uh, I'm not good enough or something like that. You know what I mean. And, and we don't want to be. That's that's what we're trying to you know unlearn in this life.
0: <laughs> and that's what I love about podcasts as well because if you listen to somebody for an hour or two hours, just having a long form conversation, that's when you see see their kind of real essence and who they are and how they view the world. Whereas. With something like social media. And again social media. If you use it correctly as a tool. It can be incredibly beneficial. Like if you use a hammer to knock in a nail. It'll work. But you can also fucking hit yourself with a hammer in the dick. Like if you use a tool incorrectly. Like don't don't feel bad at the tool. Um, but, but listening to somebody's thoughts. And how they view the world. In the moment. I find it really really refreshing. And like in a world where we're nearly always trying to to posture and to make ourselves seem better and bigger and stronger than we are. Listening to somebody's thoughts is, is a really, really refreshing way to think, oh my God, thank God, somebody else fucking thinks the way I do or I can really, really resonate with how that person viewed that incident at the time because they had all this stuff going on for them. It's, it's just a brilliant way to get a deep insight into into somebody's thought pattern and who they are and even when somebody's talking about darker things like things that are uncomfortable that's when you can really if you've experienced similar things you see that you're not alone and you see that we're all going through things beneath the surface i think it's it's just a really really um refreshing way to to view people if that makes sense
1: you said it buddy you said it like and and traveling like that's what i've seen like uh, being in circles uh, being vulnerability circles where we're all sharing it it's a real beautiful realization to realize like that when you share something that you thought was so big and such a big problem in your mind and then you share it and like seven or eight other people are struggling with the exact same thing and there's even other people struggling with way worse and then you kind of start to feel like whoa you know what I'm doing better than I think, you know? <laughs> and it's like, it's just this, yeah, it's it's crazy. Like, I don't know, it would be cool, wouldn't it, to invent some, like, social media where we all, like, yeah, like, share all our struggles and all that, you know? And then you realize that, wow, I'm, I'm not the only one struggling. Things are okay, like,
0: you know? Social media is something that everybody's been involved in this social experiment that nobody necessarily gave consent to. But if you look at what humans are when, they in a, when they're when they in a group people want to feel that they are valuable and people are concerned with their social standing in the group and when you're talking to people face to face if you know five or ten people and you're seeing them every single day there's much more interpersonal connectedness within that group and you know their flaws you know their virtues but with something like social media because we want to be perceived in a positive light by the wider group even people that we don't necessarily know like if you have a million followers how many of those people could you actually know face to face what is it Dunbar's number 150 people but we want to put ourselves up the pecking order and that's why we all feed into this game
1: yeah and and even when you're talking there i'm just thinking about that like you know, I, I've never like come up with like, oh, I want my page to look like this or anything like that. But it's only till if you actually look back at your scrolling, like, oh, wow, this is what I'm posting, and you're like, wow, this is the picture it's painting, and like, you may never have attended intended that, you know. So it's like, at the other time, I'm like trying to have compassion for people, like if they're, you know, if their page is a certain way, and maybe I didn't agree with it or it didn't suit my values, it's to kind of more me to understand that like oh right well maybe this person views the way different than me, views the world differently than me and i can have compassion for them and and maybe it's just talking about it more like for, for all of us to be aware that you know when we're posting something up or posting a message and over time that creates some sort of a story and it's like maybe it might not be the story <laughs> that uh that you've been living you know day to day because again it posts is just a, a a specific moment captured in a time you know or these thoughts that were captured in a specific time and these change like uh, on a on a moment momentarily basis so
0: you know it's difficult and as well like if you're somebody who's heavily invested in the world of social media and you have a friend who either gets off it or doesn't engage with it you will build up these stories where you're like oh geez they're not doing well you know as in like they, they don't seem to be doing anything in life. And then you meet them and they're happy. And it's like, hmm, huh, that's a bit of a weird realization where I don't necessarily have to... It's like you're playing a video game and you're saving your state. And you're like, oh, this, this is a place where I'm happy within the game. So I'm going to save my state here. I'm not going to fucking save my state when I fell over there two or three nights ago when I was hammered drunk. Yeah, this it's... is the time when I'm going to stamp it and go, everybody watch this. Look at where I am in the game of life
1: and even ah,
0: cave that's that is so true bro that is so true um just before we finish up man you mentioned that uh denang is a decent surf spot i don't think i've been in the fucking water now for the bones of a year so it's something that i'm really really looking forward to as the waves get a little bit bigger in uh the likes of russ and La Hinch at the end of august but uh man surfing like that's where we initially connected like Bro,
1: I'm jealous. I'm jealous, man. Because <laughs> <laughs> just even hearing you talk about that there, all right. So, so surfing is good here. Um, it's good during the winter, and now we're in the summer months. So, like, there isn't a, a wave in the ocean. <laughs> there isn't a wave to be seen. Although some mor- the mornings there's like a very small wave, but again, it's it's uh, it's not great. But bro, surfing one of those things that changed my life again coming back to maybe it's a team that's that's came up in this podcast is uh bro i remember being in college and listening uh just having that voice inside me again saying i want to try this surfing thing and i remember saying it to buddies i was hanging around with my friends obviously and they weren't really interested and then i never did it i never did it man and about seven years later i mean i mean working in the same company as you and I, I don't know, were we in like a meeting and I just said like, oh yeah, um, or you mentioned to me that you were going surfing this weekend. No,
0: see, I actually have to even, was even peel it back a little bit more. So like for the last 10 minutes, we've been talking about the idea that social media is all negative, right? And like, hmm. it can be negative sometimes, but I don't know oh. if you remember this, but basically yes. when I went up to... Bondorn with Adam the first time, I had to log into the surf hostel's uh, Facebook. I had to like post on Facebook to say that I'm in the hostel to use their Wi-Fi, and you saw on Facebook that I was in some sort of a surf hostel, and you asked me about that within the next week. Like you came into the office and you were like, yes. "Okay, man, I saw you were surfing there," and I was shocked. I was like, "How the fuck did you see that?" But it was through social media. That you were able to okay. come up to me and say, "Oh man, that's interesting," and sure, that's that's when we started hanging, like.
1: Yeah, dude, that is that's insane. So again, like you know, as I'm understanding in life as well, to every negative, there's also a positive. You know what I mean? And uh, that is the positive side in it. And bro, like that, you know, that one thing that I seen on social media, like it developed into this right now. You know what I mean? Like how crazy is it? Like two, three years later. And uh, I remember going surfing, dude. It was with yourself and Adam the first time. And, like, I remember having, like, the greatest time ever, man. Was it near Halloween or something? Yeah. And just getting the board and getting out into Bundorn. We're up in Rossnola. And uh, for me, it's just, like, visually. I just remember it was Halloween day. And uh, I would just out past the big waves and, like, sitting in the surf. And it's so peaceful. And the sun is just... Sitting down and I'm like wow I'm like you know many years ago at Halloween I was doing much different things to, to what I'm doing now and like I was just so at peace uh being in the water being with like my good friends uh being with so again somebody who I just met you know I just met Adam like and it was like yeah. he was one of my best buddies in that
0: moment you know it's just how how beautiful it was like just me, and, a- me and adam were talking about it like as in as soon as we saw you in the water we were like jesus christ this is a round peg and a round hole it just like it made so much sense for who you were like i was just like oh yeah obviously he's a surfer like can you remember um oh, i so ridiculous Do you remember i had the the little car the little uh, i think it was like a little yeah. hyundai i-10 so yes. uh, we came down when the surf was low Low tide, and uh, I parked on the beach like every other person, John. There was maybe 20 30 cars on the beach, I think it was in uh Tullin Strand. And we were there for two or three hours, uh, just like literally, I think that was like my second time surfing. So we were all just you know, kind of getting used to it and enjoying it. And I surfed close enough to some random guy, and I thought he was shouting at me because I had did something wrong. So I came off the board and I went back to him, I was like, Oh, sorry, man. I was like, What, what did you say there? and he was pointing over at the beach he was like is that your car and i looked over and i was like yeah yeah that's my car yeah and he was like shocked he was like fucking look again man and i looked over and the waves were just coming in under the car and i literally saw the car for a second just move on the beach and i was like oh dear god and you remember (laughs) you thought i was fucking like stung by a jellyfish or something all you hear is get this fucking suit off me here and i was just belting across yeah. the beach waves slapping into the car in my jocks just trying to get up the fucking hill and you came up after i think i was just smoked two cigarettes i was just like lads that was the most stressful fucking thing ever like
1: <laughs> man, the car the car nearly went off into the fucking ocean like that was brilliant well we can laugh at it now but at the time it, it wasn't funny it wasn't funny uh for you obviously like yeah and that was epic. I I do. I remember you just been like like waving, and I was like, "Why? He looks like he's drowning, but he's not inside the ocean. He's outside on the beach." I was like, "What's What's going on here?" And I was like, "Oh, maybe he's uh, maybe he got stung or something." And your your car in the background is like nearly going away with the waves, like. And I still didn't notice it. And then you come up to, you and I was like, "What are you panicking about, man?" And you were like in an absolute state, like the car, man, the car. And I was like, "Oh, fuck, fuck." And then like help you like get off your yeah, get off your uh.
0: Your, um, whatever the life jacket <laughs> such a such cracker yeah. just just great memories man that um, was brilliant man and like it's it's the yeah, randomness dude. of nice that it's the randomness of life that will like bring you the best opportunities and like all the stuff we've done together since then like the trips we've had are just tremendous man
1: and like how can you know that's the that's one of the big questions like how can we remember to you know, to be in tune with that, because I think that is, like, really, really brings, like, a lot of happiness and a lot of beautiful things into your life,
0: you know? I think it's really important as well, like, I think it's something that we mentioned earlier, I can't really remember, but me and you knew each other in a certain context in Limerick, okay? And Yes, yes. Uh, when we both moved to Dublin, we didn't know each other, like, we were working for the same company or whatever, but we didn't know each other, but, like, my view of you would have been, oh, that's Johnny. He's from Limerick. He's one of the the younger lads yeah. in Raheen. He, you know, like I would have had this picture of you, <laughs> but not really known you. Yeah. And then once yes. we got in the car together with Adam to go up to Bundoran and we started properly chatting, we were like, fucking hell, man, there's so much things in common that we have at the moment or the things that we were interested in. And it just, it blew my mind because I was like, I didn't expect it. I don't think you expected it, but because we were able to put ourselves in that situation or in that mindset of fuck it man let's just fucking chat and see where it goes for three hours when we're going up the road but like that whole weekend like it's a pivotal weekend in my life like
1: oh dude and mine as well and like i think what i got from that was you know to if you feel pulled towards something if you can feel that feeling where i I should something's saying inside me i should try this activity like Go and do it because you're going to meet those type of people, you know, like who we didn't even know. Like, we're like, oh, like he likes surfing, I like surfing. But then we go up in the car and we just have this amazing chat about life and about uh, goal setting and our favorite books, like how to win friends and influence people, you know, and all these different things. And we're like, what? You like that too? Oh, you like this too? And it's like, it was just like this beautiful energy in the car the whole way up. Like, it's like we didn't want the car journey to end. Like, yeah,
0: yeah. So it's
1: like, you know, it's, yeah, like how can you create those experiences. And it's a, it's about going inwards and seeing what resonates with you and in going and trying it and, and having no assumptions, no judgments and just going with life, going with the flow. And Oh man, like that's, that's life.
0: <laughs> um, man, I'm conscious of time. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure to catch up with you again, man. And let's try and do this soon again in the near future.
1: 100%. I look forward to it, man. Uh, always, always great catching up with you.
0: Much love, brother. Peace. Thank you.